Church, happy Sabbath. It's wonderful to see all of you here. I was a little confused because Jacob was looking at me and I was sitting there and he, he was quite friendly with me. And, you know, winking a little bit and waving a little bit. And I looked a couple of times like, hey. So then I realized that somebody was sitting on the far corner and Laura was there. So that was not for me. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, have you ever been in a situation like that? It's funny, isn't it? Thanks, Jacob. I thought you really liked me. I was like, wow. <laughs> like it too? Anyway, this is a very nice corner right here because, you know, we're sitting here and we saw Pastor Gary and, and Kelly. And uh, thank you so much for, you know, doing that beautiful, uh, you know, piece of art, you know, that you're doing there. And somebody was sitting right behind me saying things like, you know, I think God was faster when God was making man. <laughs> I was in a, and I was trying to concentrate, think about my message. I'm not going to say who said that, but, you know, <laughs> Pastor Josie, you're funny. <laughs> you guys are trouble in this church. I have to tell you one thing, uh, don't, don't get me wrong, but I am so happy that I was not around this church when they built the stained glass. And let me explain to you why I'm happy I was not here when they did it. My very first month or, or two that I was here in the church, I had the privilege of meeting one, one of, a person that became one of my good friends here, uh, Hans. You guys know Hans? Yes? Yeah. So we, we, we were actually in a meeting in Pastor Gary's office. And uh, I, I came a little bit early. I'm never early to anything, but that one I was early. And uh, if I can move your, your ukulele a little bit, Rachel, if you don't mind, I promise not to break it. It's a beautiful one, by the way. I came in and I sat on Pastor Gary's office. And uh, I sat there and had my things there. And uh, I'm sitting and then suddenly I had to, to leave and go get something else. And uh, the meeting was about to start. And then sure enough, people start coming in. And guess who took my seat? Hans did. And then as he took my seat, I was like, okay, I don't know this guy very much. But he's kind of serious. He had that serious face. And doesn't he? He's, you know. And then what I did was I came and I sat very close to him like this. And I did this. I just did this. I just look at Hans. <laughs> and if you know Hans, well, he just looked at me he's like, what? I said, you took my seat. I mean, if you don't know Hans, then you say something like that. And he looked, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you want to you trade seats? I'm like, no, that's fine. But I had another one waiting for him. Becky always has nice water and stuff there for us in the meetings. And then, guess what? My water was there, isn't that right? So he opens the water, start drinking the water a little bit, and then I just turn around and look at him again. He's like, what? And you're drinking my water too. <laughs> I learned that you don't mess with Hans. Because that day we're talking about the AC, the air conditioning, and we're having some problems. And we had some new material that came in, some new filters, some new sprays for the coils and everything. 
And then at the end of the meeting, they said, we're going to go up there and we're going to start fixing everything and spraying the coils and everything. And he looked at me and he said, and Pastor Gilbert will help you. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> really? He said, yeah. So David and Chuck, they had uh, the privilege to take me to the attic up there and show me wh wh where the stuff was. And I had to learn how to spray the coils, and I had to learn how to change filters, thanks to Hans. And when I came back, Hans was waiting for me. And he said, <laughs> that was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> it didn't end there. He persecutes me everywhere I go. <laughs> I'm serious. You guys are laughing at my misery. The other day, Kelly was having the gingerbread house... Christmas program here for the kids. The kids are having, uh, you know, a ball. They're, they're happy. They're building stuff and, you know, trying to glue all this stuff together. And I came in late. That day I was really late. So I drove around and they had a work bee in the, in the front parking, in the parking lot here in the front of the church. And, and then so I came in late and I said, I hope Hans didn't see me. And he didn't. So we go to the back and I go with Gabby. I said, Gabby, don't say anything. Just go there, get, a ta get in the table and let's start working. So we start working, and sure enough, Hans is looking for someone, and he was looking for me. And when he finally saw me, he said, I have a job for you. Oh, man. And then sure enough, he told me that, uh, what do you guys call the steeple light? Up here, it was burnt for a while, and I think Stan got him started on that one, because he told me once to change it, and I ignored him, so he got Hans on my case. And I was like, I have my, you know, uh, shoes and my, 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 you know, uh, this is, I don't have tanny shoes and, and jeans. I cannot go up there. Oh, yes, you can. So I go up there, and uh, I'm not sure if he's in to, here today. Is that Gene? Gene? That he was ready to help me. And Hans was like, you have to go up there. So I go up there with church shoes. That thing is extremely warm, and Gene is just walking upstairs like this, all the way up there. And... Uh, I am crawling like Spider-Man, <laughs> touching everything. And guess who was down there with a camera recording everything <laughs> and calling everybody, come, come and see, come and see. Look at what Pastor Gilbert is doing. And I'm crawling like Spider-Man. Of course, I have, you know, I'm showing a little bit too much right there. And then when I came back, you know, I had to get the famous, <laughs> that was funny, wasn't it, Pastor Gilbert? That's why I'm happy I was not here when they built this. Because I can guarantee you, when they were building this, Hans would have put me up there and make me cut glass and glue stuff. And uh, I'm sure he would do that kind of stuff. But it's fun, isn't it? We're here at church talking about a beautiful series that uh, the staff with Pastor Gary, we've been talking about this, a beautiful, a beautiful uh, series that has to do with the, the history of God intervening and God contacting and reaching out to his people in this world. And uh, this Sabbath, and as last Sabbath, we are talking about the very first stained glass that we have in the church. And this one is about uh, the creation. And last Sabbath... Pastor Gary was talking about uh, the amazing God, the creator of everything. And today, 
we want to talk about, uh, arguably, the masterpiece of God's creation. Does anybody know who that would be? Anybody know what, what would that be? The masterpiece of God's creation. And my ADD is kicking in. I have stuff all over the place. I don't know where my Bible is. But before we go any, anywhere in terms of talking about that message, I want to ask you a question. What is the most complicated co project that you have ever started and finished in your life? Think about it for a second. What is the most difficult project that you yourself have ever got into that you accomplished, that you finished? Anybody? Turn to the person close to you and say, the most complicated, the most difficult project I have ever done in my life was blank. Tell the person sitting close to you and tell the person what was the most difficult project that you have ever able to, be, to accomplish. Come on. Talk to the person. <laughs> I already see some people already giving me a hard time. Glenn? So let me, let me hear from you. Can anybody shout out what was the most difficult project you have ever started and finished, but it was difficult? Anybody? Yes. You built a house. Where? In Oregon. Building a house. That can be very complicated, isn't that right? Building a house from beginning to end can be very complicated. If you don't know what you're doing, it's even more complicated, isn't that right? I mean, yes. Daniel, you want to say something? Yes. A science project. About what, Daniel? Uh, it was about uh, an animal project for a science class. Okay. It was, a dif it was difficult. Okay. Anybody else? Oh, my goodness. Here we go. People have a, you know, I think he's going to need a microphone for that. Do you have the microphone? I already know what's coming. Here we go. What is the most difficult project, Glenn Anderson, that you have ever? Replacing a water pump for Pastor Gilbert on his PT Cruiser. It took two master mechanics two weeks to accomplish this job. Did you hear that? Replacing a water pump on my car. Did you hear that? That was the most difficult thing you have ever done in your life. Anybody else? The more <laughs> wow, you want to you take the PT cruise on a ride? I think I have a couple other things to fix it. <laughs> a anybody else? Do you have something that was very difficult? Okay, just say it. Shout it out. 500-piece puzzle. Okay, that's a big... Are you guys good with puzzles here? What is the biggest puzzle we have ever able to, to finish? A thousand. Oh my goodness. Get a life. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. A 3D puzzle. Floor me and you, you guys did a 3D puzzle. I've never seen a 3D puzzle in my life. A 3D puzzle. Yes, the most difficult thing ever. Building a homemade mission for a school. A mission project. Wow. Those, are, those things are very difficult, isn't that right? But I want you to think about one thing for a second. 
If you were hired by this church to be the person in charge of building the stained glass, how difficult would that be? Would it be difficult for you to do it? And let me ask you another question. If you were the one building the stained glass, this beautiful art in this church, what would be actually the things that you think you would be doing in order to get ready, prepared to do this? What are the materials that you probably would need for this? Come on, shout it out. What is that? A plan, okay. What else? Yes, Zach? Oh, you're going to need a lot of glass. Isn't that right? A lot of glass. That's true. A lot of shredded glass. What else you would need? Yes. What is that? A prayer. A prayer. <laughs> Especially if I would be the one doing it. Isn't that right? Yes, Daniel? A lot of faith. Yes, it's a huge project. Yes. A big what? Oh, a big ladder. That's true. Yes. A lot of people. A lot of people to do what? To put everything together? How many of you believe that this is just a paint? Raise your hand if you believe that this is just a paint on a beautiful glass. Okay, there's two. You know you're wrong already, isn't there, right? <laughs> Can you believe that these are actual little pieces of glass that have to be glued together? You need some special tools. I mean, I don't speak English properly, but let me tell you something. I started looking at the name of some of the tools, and I was like, I'm going to show off, and I couldn't do it. There's some sp specific special tools for you to do all this, this work. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you think that they built the stained glass here in church, or they brought it ready from some other place? Yes? They built and brought it to church, or they built it in here? They brought, it, they brought it ready. But was anybody here when they did this? What is that? Chuck Nelson was here. Hey, Chuck. It's payback time. You know that, huh? Because you give me a hard time too. Chuck, they, they brought it in in order to do this? It was ready already from some other place. Did you help, Chuck? What is that again? I, I, couldn't, see, I couldn't see your lips from here. Yes, you helped all the way? Okay, okay, help them bring it in and all that kind of stuff. Now, do you guys know that, I think Chuck told me this, that he's been in this church for, what, two or three major different constructions, isn't that right? How many times you built this church already, like three times? Yeah, he's been through all these projects. It's amazing. Thank you, Chuck. This is beautiful. Did you do it? Did you do this thing? The only one with the stained glass? The only one what? The only one of the buildings? Oh, okay, okay. So Chuck has been around for a long time, and he's been helping, and this is, this is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful artwork. But if you were the person doing this, what would be the things that you would do differently? Just look, look around. If you were the person that did this, what would be the things that we, you would do differently? Or let me ask you even another question. If you were building this, what do you think would be actual, actually the message that the person, that the artist got from this church that they wanted to be accomplished. Just look around. You guys already know that we're talking here about the creation of God. And the next one is about the fall of humanity. 
The following one is about the Ten Commandments and the Word of God coming to us. The next one is about the incarnation of Christ, the incarnation of the Word of God, and then the light of the Word, the Word of God, the death of Christ. And here you talk about the church of God, and then finally here, what is that? Three angels' message. Isn't that right? So now that you know all the, the artwork that is here, if you were the one doing this, what would be the things that you would be doing differently? Is anything missing? What is that? The Spirit of God? The Holy Spirit is missing? Look around. Is the Holy Spirit here in, this, in, the, in these uh, uh, beautiful uh, stained glasses? Oh, okay. Somebody's talking about the ribbon that goes around. Pastor Gary talked about the ribbon. And there's something about this ribbon that Pastor Gary talks about. It's actually two, isn't that right? That is actually connecting everything together. Is that what you meant? Is that the Holy Spirit in your opinion? Okay. The Holy Spirit connecting all that. What is that? Anything else missing? If you were to do the stained glass artwork in this church again, what would you do differently? Zach. You would put a picture of, I couldn't hear, of the second coming, Zach. You picked that up too? Man, you're so smart. It's true. There's no place to be found the second coming of Christ. I wonder why they left it out, Zach. Anything else that you think it's missing? It's nice that everybody's looking now. Anything else it's mi that, that is missing? What is that again? The birth of Christ, the nativity of Christ. I think what Pastor Gary was telling me earlier on is that this represents the birth of Jesus Christ and the birth of the Word of God in this world. Not only the incarnated Word of God, but also the Jesus in flesh as, as a human being, a part of it. But thank you. you, you you're wrong, but thank you for participating. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anybody else? What else is, was left, left out? Resurrection. What else? Second coming, resurrection. I have the impression that everything that is missing is probably missing somewhere around here or whatever happens after that. Isn't that right? Isn't that interesting? I was thinking about it as well. Well, I, I have to ask you something. And this is serious, okay? If I were to give you If I were to give you some tools, some glass. If I were to give you some tools, and if I get if I would give you some shredded glass like Zach said, we would would need a lot of it. Like, give you some old cups and stuff like that. And if I would ask you to build a window, a stained glass window, what would you do that would represent your life in the context of the life of the church, in the context of the life that God has interacted, that decided to interact with us. Think about this for a second. And I, and I want to ask you, 
I want to I wanna, I wanna ask some of you to help me on this one. If you were to build your own stained glass window in this church, what would you have built? Something that has to do with your life, something that has to do with your story. As a Christian, as a person that was converted into the church, as a person that has been persecuted, as a person that has have gone to a lot of struggles in your life, what would you do? What kind of stained glass window would you do, would you make to put up in this church? If I were to give you now this bag with a, a little bit of glass and some tools. I forgot the band-aids, but I think they're there somewhere. I'm going to get cut a couple of times. Can anybody shout it out for me, please? Help me out here. What would you do? What is that? Children? What do you mean by children? Oh, so you would be making a mosaic or a stained glass that has to do with children, your family, and the children of this church that you love and serve so much. All the children. Oh. Children are the reason why I came to the Lord. Well, isn't that beautiful? To serve and minister to the kids. That's, that's your thing, isn't that right? That's your ministry. Anybody else? Any other thing that you would be doing? What would you do to put up there with all the other art up there? The reason I'm asking you is this. If I could break this without getting myself cut or hurt. And if I would give it to you for you to build something, I have the feeling that some of you would be building things like when I got divorced, I went through hell and only the Lord knows how much I suffered things like that. I lived with a friend of mine that went through divorce for about four months. It's one of the most devastating things in the world. She talked about nothing but the Lord could have killed me, the Lord could take me away, the Lord could even kill my husband. I'm serious. It's not even for laughing. This is, this is serious. What a horrible situation. Especially for the young people, the young adults. God knows the things that are going on in your life. And maybe you would talk about prejudice. Maybe you would talk about things that you are struggling in your life with. Things that you're struggling uh, in your life right now that nobody understands. Nobody cares to understand. People that pass on judgment on you extremely fast and quickly. How many times I have heard people saying, this church is not a place for you because we're special, we're different, we're better. I have heard many, many times, not from this place, from other churches that I have visited, from other pastors that I have talked to. A lot of times young people have a hard time blending in, filling in, being a part of the congregation. What are the things that you would be drawing that would represent your life? What are the things that would get the pieces together of glass and maybe with tears in your eyes, it would be sewing them together, gluing them together? What would be the colors that we, you would be choosing? And the reason I'm telling you all this is that I talk to people all the time, especially young people, and the first five minutes of the conversation these are the questions that came up. What do you think about six days creation? These are one of the youth favorite ones. I was teaching at La Sierra Academy. My very first week or second week, 
One of the kids already asked me right away, do you believe in six days creation, Pastor Gilbert? That's a tough one, isn't that right? What would you say? What would you say? Because you might be thinking, well, let me see what he said so I can talk to my friends about it. What would you say? What would you answer to a young person that is being exposed to evolution and exposed to so many things? What would you say if you were to be honest about it? If you were to be a person that, uh, you know, have gone to school, you have taken that biology 101 class, you have read some stuff that sounds extremely convincing, and we, what would you say? The second favorite one that the kids asked me, they asked me, what do you think about homosexuality, Pastor Gil? What would you tell them? And always I have in my mind, what is the question behind the question? Do you understand what I'm saying? Why people bother taking the time to ask you a question about something that maybe does not pertain to them? I need the help of uh, Mr. Taylor Rule, and he's going to help me explain something here to you. I think every time we talk about six days creation and people talking about, oh, it has to be literal and the Bible says it's literal and everything, I think that we sometimes are missing the point of the entire book of Genesis. Because the entire book of Genesis is not about, it's only about six days creation. The entire book of Genesis is about God creating and people messing up and God recreating and people messing up and God recreating and people messing up. That's the entire theme of the book of Genesis. Story after story. So if you were living just before the time of Jesus, and if you would read it to someone, in day one, God created light. What would come to your mind? Is that the light of God coming into this world and coming to the church, to the Jewish people, to the Hebraic nation, and speaking to Moses and interacting with people? Is that the kind of light that they're talking about it? And I don't want you to look at me and say, oh, he's preaching against six days creation. I'm not. I'm a believer too. By faith, I want to be a believer too. By faith, not by evidence. And we talk about, you know, in the second day, the separation of the waters, and the third day, the land, and then God starts filling in. The fish goes into the water that was created. The birds go into the air that was created. And then the land on the fifth day and the sixth day, God starts bringing animals. And God starts bringing human beings. And then from beginning to end, God says, when in the first day, he says, this is good. And in the second day, God says, wow, this is really good. And in the third day, God says, wow, this is good too. And in the fourth and the fifth, but when it comes to the sixth day of God's creation, the Bible says that God invites Elohim to be with him. And Elohim is the pluralistic word for Trinity. It's God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And together they make human beings, humankind, in his own image. And he gives them the power to rule over all the animals, over all the fish, over all the birds in the air. And God gives them an opportunity to live in a beautiful place, in a wonderful garden that God made. And then soon after that, Lucifer will come, Satan will come to mess up again and mess God's plan. So back and forth, God is creating, recreating, 
creating and recreating. In talking to my wife yesterday, my wife said, are you trying to say that to the stained glass windows? Are you trying to say that the story of the Bible is the backstory of our story? Did you hear what she said? She said, are you trying to say that this is the backstory of our story? And I said, I think you got something important going. We tend to forget that when God created you and when God said, this is very good, God was putting you and myself and humankind in a position where we could admire not only his six days creation, if that's what you believe, but the creation, the interaction, the recreation, fall after fall, creation after recreation, that what God wanted you to see. So now I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't matter how bad your stained glass window might look because of divorce or because horrible things that have gone in your life, horrible mistakes that you have done in your life, it doesn't matter how horrible your stained glass would be, how depressed, how sad that sometimes we tend to make things for ourselves. I'm here to tell you, even a small, tiny little piece of glass that represents your life, it fits in the story of God, our story, His story. And all of this, we are invited by God to contemplate and to experience. And sometimes we read, the new, especially when it comes to New Testament, the Gospels, and a lot of people make a lot of nonsense out of it, trying to poke each other with the Word of God and trying to get who's right and who's wrong. And we tend to forget that it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about who is right and who is good and what He has done for every single one of us. I want to play a little game with you guys. And I think uh, Mr. Taylor will help us with this. Mr. Rue will help with this. If I would ask him to play a song, would you know which song he's playing? Which song is that? Maybe need a little more help? What is the song? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Are you sure? Are you sure? Can you play another one? What, what is that? Going to the world. Mm, it's still. Can you give us four notes then? Are you sure? This is a tricky one. All people. This is a tricky one. Can you help us a little bit more, please? Is it, is it getting better for you? Can you give us six? <laughs> Something's missing, isn't there, right? Come on, give us all the seven, the perfection. O only seven. Is that the one? Is that the, the one you chose? Let me tell you something. What I'm trying to tell you is that uh, 
When you keep focusing too much about how many days took God to create the world and you want to say and beat people upside the head that it was six literal days and this is what it is, I'm here to tell you, I think we're missing the big picture of the book of Genesis. It's about the creation and the recreation of God, story after story, when man and human beings, they mess up, God intervene and bring them up again. And when they mess up again, God come and intervene again. Now, if you are only going by the notes, I think you're missing something else. Would you play for us this beautiful song? Yes. This is a piece that he's working with, and he said he would not only play the hymn, but he said that he made some different arrangements for this song as well. Listen how beautiful this song is. Thank you so much. The word of God in Psalms chapter 8, it says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the fool and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds, and beasts of the feud, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, all the swim, the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. May the Lord bless you as you continue to come Saturday, Sabbath after Sabbath, to this church. And you contemplate the amazing creation of God. And as you are reminded, that it doesn't matter how small or insignificant your little piece of glass or history is, you are a part of his story. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for challenging us today to look at you and the, your creation and the amazing things that you have created in this world and be in awe for all your majesty and power. May we all, Lord, humbly approach you in honor and glory and praise. And may we all, Lord, experience you even more today through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We're here sitting in the middle of this beautiful artwork, the stained glass windows, Lord. And we are reminded that we are part of it. We are also reminded that some things are missing here and help us all to be ready when Jesus comes because when he pierces the clouds of heaven, we don't want to be here looking at the, at the stained glasses. We want to be outside looking and praising and giving glory to the Lord of all and King of kings that have come to rescue and save us all. 
Forgive our sins, Lord, and continue to help us to grow in spirit, in truth. May we all experience your salvation today as the Gospel of Luke says that the kingdom of God is already upon us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. May God bless you. Have a wonderful Sabbath day.